In the market for investment-worthy bags, watches, and fine jewelry, Rebag is the answer. Rebag is a luxury resale platform where each piece is carefully inspected by experts to ensure quality and authenticity. Use Rebag to buy and sell finds from the world's top brands, including Louis Vuitton, Chanel, and Cartier. Head to Rebag.com to get 5% off your first purchase with code REBAGNEW. Shop today at Rebag.com. That's R-E-B-A-G.com. And use promo code REBAGNEW for 5% off your first purchase. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is Plush Care. Plush Care is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. The Opinion Line on Cork's 96FM. Now, there was a big march on Saturday afternoon. Only a thousand people marched on Saturday in support of Palestine and calling for a ceasefire, a permanent ceasefire, and not the four days on and off. We might get a fifth if there's more hostages left out. It's a very unstable situation, but at least it looks like the shelling and the bombing has stopped for now. And over the weekend, we saw the release of little Emily Hand uh, back with her dad after 50 days uh, in the captivity of Hamas. And it was a very emotional story. If you've seen that video going around, it's well worth a look. It really is well worth a look. But as all this drags on, and in the hope that there will be some form of more permanent, more solid, more stable ceasefire. Volunteer doctors all over the world are standing by with a bag packed to go to Gaza to care for the thousands of injured and sick people who are there and need their help because the hospitals are what's left of them. The hospitals are stretched to the extreme. One of the people who knows that area very well and knows the hospitals really well, is Professor Nick Maynard. He's based in Oxford, has been travelling to and from the Gaza Strip for for more than 10 years now. Nick also has very strong Cork connections, um, which we'll get to in a minute, but uh, Dr. Nick Maynard joins me now. Nick, uh, good to talk to you. Um, how, how did you get started in this work? Good morning to you, and many thanks for asking me to chat today. I'm a consultant surgeon in Oxford, and my main specialty is major cancer surgery, the esophagus and the stomach. But I first went to Gaza nearly 15 years ago. I started going to the West Bank in 2007, and then 2010, I think, was my first trip to Gaza. And most virtually all my work in the last 10 to 12 years has been in Gaza, but but nearly 15 years in Gaza. And what did you go there for in the first place? I went out to teach medical students, to teach usually final year medical students just before they became doctors. And it was predominantly teaching them clinical skills, how to examine patients, how to talk to patients, and all those sort of things. And it's developed since then, and, and we've now made it a much more robust structure. When was the last time you visited? So for teaching, I was there last October, but I was meant to be going out again last week for that. But in recent years, I've also started teaching and carrying out major cancer surgery out there. And I do that via a 
a UK-based charity called Medical Aid for Palestinians, which is a wonderful charity, which um, facilitates various missions like this to go out and help develop surgical services and cancer services. Mm-hmm. And I was last in Gaza in May of this year. And you got caught up in conflict then, did you? Yeah, indeed. That was the last major bombardment they've had prior to events over the last six weeks. And it's probably worth saying to you that, I mean, I've been going out on many occasions for 15 years. I have never been there when there hasn't been bombardments from the Israeli Defence Force. So it's a way of life out there. It happens all the time. And I've witnessed it on every single trip I've been. But the trip in May was much worse than normal. Um, uh, There were multiple bombings over about four days. Mm -hmm. Um, Although, again, nothing on a scale compared to what we've seen in the last few weeks. Describe what that's like, Nick, trying to work there, trying to teach in the middle of an ongoing bombardment. In in quiet times, what I mean by the bombardment is that one or two nights in the week we're there, we will hear bombs being dropped a mile or two away by the Israeli Defence Force or by drones, and you get used to it. We are in designated safe areas, I should add, so the Israelis know where we are, and it sounds odd, but we do feel very safe out there. We don't feel threatened. What happened in May was very different to that. Describe for me what you're hearing since October 7th. Anybody that I've spoken to is saying this is like nothing we have ever seen before. Yeah, you're absolutely right. It it is completely unrecognisable compared to what they've seen before. And, And they've been through appalling bombardments in the past. I mean, the last really, really big one was in 2014. I was in Gaza a few weeks after that ended in 2015. And... It was incomprehensible to see all the destruction that had taken place. And to put that in perspective, uh, just over 2,000 civilians were killed during that. And as you will know, as we all know, there's been over 12,000 civilians killed in the last few weeks. It's, it's like a hell on earth, a humanitarian catastrophe, which frankly is not being reported adequately in Western media. Here's your opportunity then, Professor Maynard, because I know that in particular, and I spoke a couple of weeks ago with Dr. Isildin Abelesh, and he stopped us in our tracks when he said to us, think of the children who don't get to grow up. Think of the babies in hospital. We heard terrible stories this week, Nick, about premature babies. Can can you tell us any more about that? Yeah, and he is a, a, a remarkable man who, whom I have met, and his story is just frightening what he has been through. And, of course, he, he, he went through this many years ago, but in this most recent conflict, he's had many more of his family have mm-hmm. been killed as well. Um, there have been well over 4,000 children who have been killed by the Israeli bombing, um, and that is almost certainly a gross underestimate because there are many children unaccounted for who will be buried underneath the rubble so the 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 death rate of children may be as much as six or seven thousand i suspect i have seen many many photos i wish to god i had never seen of the most appalling mutilation of 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 babies children teenagers by the bombs the hospitals have been systematically 
targeted and bombed. Well over 200 healthcare workers have been killed, including some of those I have worked with and known. Um, people who all they ever wanted to do was treat patients, and they've been killed. Patients have been killed in the hospitals. The resources for the hospitals have completely run out, so the healthcare system has been completely disabled. There is no fuel to run the generators, so they can't keep incubators going. They can't keep ventilators going. Um, we will have seen, all of us, the story of the newborn babies at Schieffer Hospital yeah. and the eventual evacuation of, I think, 31 neonate, neonate little babies. And that was fantastic. But, of course, that has to be considered in the context of 180 babies being born every day in Gaza. Right. And there is no maternity care in Gaza at all at the moment. So, the yes, it was great to see those babies being evacuated. A significant number had died at Shifa Hospital in the days leading up to that. And I remind you, 180 babies being born every single day yeah. in a healthcare system which has been completely and utterly disabled. Pause on that for me a second, if you would. 180 babies born every day. In your estimation, and I'm only guessing here, they can't possibly be surviving. Ready to pop the question? The jewelers at BlueNile.com have got sparkle down to a science with beautiful lab-grown diamonds worthy of your most brilliant moments. Their lab-grown diamonds are independently graded and guaranteed identical to natural diamonds, and they're ready to ship to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is Plush Care. Plush Care is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. I don't know the answer to that. I, I, I think you're probably right. I'm, I've done my best in the last few weeks to try and give out figures which are as accurate and concrete as possible so I, I hesitate to guess but what i can tell you for a fact is that there is no healthcare system functioning out there to any intensive purposes they have no equipment to deal with any complications of birth they have no med they're very very limited medicines antibiotics so I would be greatly concerned that many of those newborn babies will not be surviving. In most of the hospitals, the electricity is... Well, I mean, there's been no electricity at all since, the big, since October the 7th. And certainly in Schieffer Hospital, which is the hospital I know best, yeah. they've had no fuel for, for a significant amount of time now. Yeah, that, that's the hospital that's in the news all the time because there was a claim that Hamas was using it as a base... Did you ever see evidence of that? No, I didn't, and I'm very happy to to address that. 
I have no idea what was going on in any tunnels underneath Shifa, so I cannot comment on that, and I cannot uh, agree or refute any claims that, that Hamas were working in tunnels underneath that. What I can say is that Shifa was the biggest and busiest hospital in Gaza. It was the main trauma hospital. It was a very well-run hospital. I spent a lot of time there. And it always functioned as a very busy hospital. I travelled all around the hospital on many occasions. And more importantly than what I have done, many close friends of mine, people I've known for many, many years, who work there, have worked there for years and for the last seven weeks have lived there day and night, and whom I would trust implicitly, have no knowledge at all of it, of the hospital itself being used as a Hamas base. They have never witnessed any Hamas militia in the hospital. I have certainly not witnessed any of it. I have never been restricted in any of the areas I can go in the hospital. So I have never witnessed any of that. I do not believe they've provided any credible evidence that the hospital itself has been used as a militia base, that Sifa Hospital above ground was used as a Hamas base with a single caveat that I, I cannot comment on any tunnels. Indeed. Nick, as someone who spent so many years of your life uh, training doctors over there, over and back on a frequent basis, your personal view as a human being and as a doctor of what we are witnessing before our eyes over the last seven weeks? It, it is... <laughs> desperately tragic what we're witnessing i i've seen i know of people i uh, uh, close to me who've been killed um every single person i've spoken to has had either a very close friend or close member of the family or and often very very many of them have been killed my wife and i have made many friends and one particular young garden doctor got a scholarship to come and work in England and she's become a very close member of our family. My wife and I have become rather like adoptive parents to her but because she can't see her family who are stuck in Gaza. When she got married, um, her parents couldn't come and see her get married so we were, were her a sort of adoptive parents. I walked her down the aisle at the wedding. Wow. Is that Enas? Enas, absolutely. She's just had her first baby. Her parents managed to get out. They came out through Rafa just a few, or oh, about three months ago now, were there for the birth. And we are, you know, Enas sometimes goes for four or five days at a time, not knowing whether they're alive. They are alive, but many of her cousins have been killed. You, you may have heard about a, a young doctor called Mysara, mm -hmm. who was in the news recently. He stayed in our house. He's met my whole family. Um, and he was killed um, three, three weeks ago. He had just got married a few months previous. His wife was pregnant with their first child. She just popped out and, 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 and an, an Israeli bomb hit the house, killing Maisara, killing his parents, killing his sisters. His two brothers were outside. They weren't killed. They were desperately trying to find their family in the rubble and then another bomb killed them so this poor young 
mother-to-be has now been left all by herself. And I knew this man, and, you know, it's brought tears to our eyes. So many, there's been so much crying over this, because what, what we are witnessing is certainly the most appalling humanitarian catastrophe I've ever witnessed, and it's ongoing. People are writing their names on their arms, I heard this during the week, so that if there's a bomb and they're caught in it, the people will be able to identify their body. That, that is absolutely correct. Uh, and indeed, you know, my, my dear um, Enas's family have done, have done that. They have got in, they've written on their arms their names. There's a new acronym that, which, which is now widely used in Gaza, which is WCNSF. That stands for Wounded Child, No Surviving Family. And that alone... That alone describes what a horror we're witnessing there and how any civilised country can allow that to, to carry on is quite beyond me. WCNSF, I think we should all remember that. Wounded child, no surviving... No surviving family. My God. So they have no names for these children, but that's the acronym given to them. Good God. That's that puts a whole new a whole new spin on John Doe, doesn't it, Nick? Absolutely, absolutely. Wow. On a happier note, you spend rather a lot of time in Kinsale, they tell me. You're absolutely right. I made the very wise decision over thirty years ago now um, to marry a, 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 a lovely lady from Kinsale. Um, so I've been. We got married in West Cork. We got married in Timmerleague with our reception in Clonakilty, or just outside Clonakilty, and we've been going to to West Cork, Kerry, for many, many years. And about five, four years ago, just before the lockdown, we bought a little cottage in Sandy Cove, just outside Kinsale. So I go there as often as I possibly can to swim around the island, and it's a beautiful place. How often do you get back? Um, so Fanula, my wife, goes back. Maybe at the moment every month. I I probably get there every two or three months. We we were there last weekend. I'm sort of nearing the end of my career now. I've been a consultant surgeon for 26 years. So I am working slightly less hours. So I'm hoping to spend more and more time out there. And when I finally retire, I guess we'll spend six months of the time of the year out there. All right. And I, I know you'd probably love to spend more time in Gaza because... Having been there myself on three very brief occasions to that part of the world, one of the things that makes me sad is the sheer beauty of the place. Yeah, you're absolutely right. I mean, Gaza is a very small country. It's 25 miles long, but it has the most stunningly beautiful Mediterranean coastline. And it is a very beautiful country with very beautiful people. I, I do want to spend more time there. I will be going out there with medical aid for Palestinians. And I'm hoping to go out there in a few, as soon as we're allowed to go in to start helping the healthcare people out there. So I will be in the first wave of people going in, hopefully, in a few weeks' time to try and start rebuilding. But we need a ceasefire first. OK. Well, would you do us the great honour of, of talking to us again when you do get out there and give us your eyes on the ground? Would you do that for me? I'd be absolutely delighted. Nick, it's been a pleasure and a privilege to have you on the show. Thank you. Well, thank you for your time, and it's been a great, great joy doing it.
Thank you, Nick. That's Professor Nick Maynard. Um, we'll talk to him when he's out there next. Um, it's it's frightening the picture he paints. That's the one thing that WCNSF wounded child, no surviving family. Kate says she was listening to Benjamin Netanyahu this morning. The way he was talking about keeping going was frightening. It is frightening, Kate. It is very frightening that this ceasefire, or pause as they're calling it, is now in its fourth day. It's supposed to end tonight. People are hoping against hope that it won't end tonight and go into tomorrow and then maybe into the next day and the next day. Here's hoping. It's got to stop soon. Um, Jeannie was on. Jeannie, could you call us back, please? Because we have your number, but we can't seem to get through to you. We'd love to speak with you. Jeannie's on her way to Castle Martyr. There's a sign on the roadside and there's a Star of David on that sign. And someone has daubed red paint on the sign. Now, no matter what your opinion is with regard to the conflicts in the Middle East, that's not acceptable. Thank you for that message, Jeannie. Corks 96 FM.